Alright. And welcome once again to Unedited Portland today, coming live from the Sunday Lounge in downtown Portland, Oregon. Today I have my friend, Cassie Oliveira of Portland's Unique Creations and uh, sponsor of the Chuck and Buck Show. I'm a Chuck and Buck fan. How are you today, Cassie? I'm doing good, and it's uh, always Unique Creations. Always Unique Creations. Yes. What did I call it? Portland's Unique Creations. I like that one too, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Portland's Always Unique Creations. There you go. And uh, I do apologize to anybody for any sound difficulties today. I pulled all my equipment out of the box, and it is being frustrating, but such is life. So, um, the way this goes, um, we, as the uh, consumers of this media, find out a little bit about you and uh, your travels here in Portland and how you wound up here, and then we'll discuss kind of how you're doing as far as working in the city and what um, Portland means to you and, and what your experiences here are. And then we play a fun little game called, I, I think it's fun, I think it's probably self-fulfilling prophecy but uh it's called questions with Mikkel, where i of course quiz you on the ins and outs of our fair city portland and uh we plug a few things if you got cool things to tell people and then uh we throw it on the internet and let the, the nerds decide all right should be interesting indeed indeed so um as i usually start i would like to know are you originally from portland oregon uh i was born in salem but i lived in uh, beaverton for a long time and then moved all around Oregon and ended up back here in Portland. Now, uh, growing up in Salem, uh, did you get involved at all with the capital and the politics and all that? The or? amazing capital. Right. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't until I started working in a bar that was downtown that I started getting, I guess, involved in the scene. Right. And they're, they're trying. I'm okay. trying. It's <laughs> I, uh, I just graduated, as I might have told you earlier, and I uh, got the political science degree. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my memories from school was we took a trip down to Salem to watch the, uh, the budget proposal meeting, which is as exciting as it sounds. Right, yeah. But uh, we did get to climb the stairway and <laughs> stood on the roof and saw the golden man yeah. who's up there. So uh, that, was a, that was an interesting experience <laughs> in Salem for me. Yeah. Um, I luckily moved around to enough schools that I always missed that field trip. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You, didn't, you didn't have to go. It was, it was interesting. They did try to get us to buy uh, products at the gift shop, as, as per the use when you visit right. a state-sponsored right. space. Um, okay, so you were in Salem. Now, did you go, you went to high school in Salem then? I went to high school in Salem for a couple years. Okay. Yeah. And then you ended up in Beaverton. Uh, well, no, I actually, I moved all around Oregon. Um, to a lot of different cities, and I ended up in Independence, okay. which is a awesome little town. Right. And I went to high school there for two years, and then spent two years at West Salem. Okay. And then, because uh, you were saying you worked in a bar, um, were you over the age of 21 when you were doing that? Yeah. So okay. So what's the what's the Salem night scene like? Um, <laughs> I made it fun. You I made, made it fun. Yeah. Uh, the bar that I worked at was a brand new bar called Brownstown Lounge, and so uh, I worked there the after the first year that it was opened, and it was kind of the bar for the alternative, weird, and silly people. Okay. Lots of belly dancers and fire spinners and that kind of thing. So. Well, that's kind of it. We had a we had a fun little night nightlife spot. Okay. Because um, I mean, once in a while I'll hear about like Gene, 
because they kind of got like some underground bar things going on there for the, for the college kids. There's no underground bars There's in no Salem. Underground. No, <laughs> everything everything is above ground. In Salem. Everything is very above ground, and everything shuts down at about 11:30. Right. Yeah, because oh, okay. we need our beauty sleep. So <laughs> it's true. It is true. That's that's what I think of when I think of Salem is yeah. beauty. It's <laughs> <laughs> as one of the first words that comes to mind in Salem, Oregon, is, is beauty. Um, okay, so you're working at this. Uh, kind of hip kind of a portland style bar it, it is like. it is kind of a portland style bar okay. yeah and so um what made you make the trek up here to portland i started hanging out with more of my portland friends up here and started getting involved with uh go-go dancing and ended up just coming up here more and started dating a guy that was living up here so i eventually did that thing that girls do when they're like oh maybe i could just keep staying here instead of going back down to salem all the time right so moved myself in uh took over an entire room as the craft room and then began this as my my station yeah okay and then um to kind of feed the the people that may or may not know um the always unique creations is a jewelry company yeah i i make uh, wearable art okay and uh how has that experience been for you like are are people pretty receptive to your ideas and yeah, it's been really, really fun. I actually started making jewelry to sell when I was living in Muncie, Indiana. Uh-huh. And uh, it was because I missed all of Oregon and like all the funness that Oregon has because they don't really have that very far east. <laughs> so, so you ended up in Indiana. How did you end up in uh, Indiana? The boy that I was dating at that time went to um, Ball State to get his master's degree. Uh-huh. And I, I, was, love that. I love the name of that college. Right? It's just like, it's <laughs> so many jokes but so many people in the midwest that just won't get any of them because right. there is nothing dirty about the midwest D- david letterman famously is in the love right. of the yeah so. so you'd think they'd have more of a funny bone but they really don't <laughs> <laughs> um okay so you were out there and uh to compromise with the uh unsaturated weirdness of indiana yeah. you tried to bring your own weirdness yeah i tried to make my own jewelry and my own earrings and things because there just wasn't anything out there that i wanted to buy at all it was all very very small town everything about it okay um and then people started seeing it and started asking where they could get it i was like i can just make you one and then it it kind of bloomed from there and uh it was i did a lot of shipping when i was in indiana it wasn't a ton of people in indiana buying stuff it was mostly people in oregon buying things from me and and that was just through word through the word of mouth or did you word of mouth and then i started an etsy account after some people pushed me to do that and uh etsy's really good if you know how to do marketing okay so i started doing my own marketing and my own research into my customer base and then it just kind of exploded from there and if people wanted to visit that does that etsy site still exist yeah it's uh that's where i do most of my business through and so it's always unique.etsy.com okay cool yeah and uh, how's the response been? Like, how? Wh- wh- what is like the furthest away somebody's ordered something? Um, I shipped to New Zealand a couple times, Australia, um, other places in Europe, and that's always really fun for me when I get to go fill out the little slip. Like, yeah, I'm right. sending this really far away. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, <clears throat> I like I said, also off, off air. Uh, I used to do web design, and uh, that was one of the more intriguing aspects of the internet right in the beginning was uh, the connection internationally mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I can imagine uh, doing your own art and everything that's got to be it's got to be cool to get a response from somebody you probably will never meet right or maybe even in a place you may never go yeah so. and I get excited when I get to ship to towns that I know are not um, not eccentric type towns and that I know where I'm shipping this piece to people are just going to be like what in the hell are you wearing you know exactly <laughs> that gets me really excited and uh, 
people might know that we are we're actually doing this in an open bar. So if you hear the the soundtrack to this podcast, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who's playing, but uh, I'm sure it's fabulous. You can uh, maybe Spotify it or uh, find, use the Shazam, put the Shazam <laughs> up to this podcast and find out what's playing in the background, perhaps. Um, but yeah, so okay, so you're shipping internationally. Um, <clears throat> What what brought you back here? Did the uh, the relationship ended? So your your time in Indiana ended? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we ended up moving back from Indiana, and I was just like, I can't ever leave Oregon again. Like I could I could visit other places, but I always need to live in Oregon. Okay. Um, I just don't belong anywhere else. Right. So and then uh, he ended up going back for uh, the rest of his master's degree, and I stayed here. Okay. So. So he's a, a, a Ball State alum now. Yep. And you are an Oregonian. There we go. That, that works out. That works out. So um, how did you become involved? Because I met you through mm-hmm. Dante's Through the Chuck and Buck Show. Yeah. Who uh, also came on this podcast and not live at the Sunday Lounge. So I do appreciate you, by the way, being the first. This is uh, uncharted territory here. We're uh, trying to get the kinks out, and hopefully uh, this becomes more of a, a standard place for me to be able to do this. But <coughs> Chuck came into the Just Paid Rent studios and, and did an episode. How, how did you come involved with him, or did, did you did you work with Ed for that Foreman thing prior? Uh, it was actually Paris and Delaney. I've been friends with Paris since oh, she was, like, super little. She was, like, elementary school. She was uh, really good friends with my little sister. Okay. And um, one day she called me up and was like, hey, we need a guest for the Chuck and Buck show. Would you want to come in and do a DIY tutorial? And so I came in and did a, a DIY how to make your own stick mustache oh, nice. for like photo booths and things. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I wore my my boob bra, which is a bra that I made for festivals that looks like boobs. Okay, that's pretty hot. With like clay nipples and stuff that are pierced. Uh, <laughs> so, and after that, they said if you want to keep vending for the show and sponsor it, would you want to do that? I was like, yeah, it's funny. I'd love to be a part of it. And from that. Uh, Actually, the owner of Dante saw me on stage and was like, she's funny. We need a cocktail waitress. Can okay. you start working here? So then I started bartending and cocktailing at Dante's and just kind of got more involved with the Chuck and Buck show and Dante's and the whole like Portland scene through there. So so this is all relatively new for you, just a lot, like over the last year. Yeah, much. well, I've been I've been involved in the like the stripper scene, the exotic dancer scene, the like weird okay. underground and piercing weird club, things like that. Um, but this is my first time this year being involved in like the downtown area. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so, how how has that experience been for you? Like, have you found yourself uh, enjoying comedy and 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 watching kind of the different? To me, it's been it's been an interesting evolution because the show, uh, if people don't know, it got handed to them mm-hmm. when Ed decided to move to LA. Right. Yeah. And no one no one really knew what was going to happen, and then. Uh, it, as it's called, the Chuck and Buck show became probably, I don't know, about three, four months ago, became the Chuck show. Basically. Right, yeah. Because Buck, and Buck is totally interested and, and I think would still be a part of the show, but um, he's got a, a, a better paying job through McMinimins <laughs> and uh, he really can't find the time to, to afford to do the show. So, um, yeah, so <clears throat> what what has been your, your favorite part about uh, helping them out and working with them? Um, it's been interesting to watch everybody grow and to see the different comedians coming on and getting to meet um, all the different people that make Portland fabulous and weird like it is. I get to uh, see a lot of really funny people and I get to meet uh, all the different comedians that do the open mic right before that. And that's been cool, too, is to watch them progress. Right. Um, 
So I actually was on the show once, and uh, I got I basically got bumped <laughs> because uh, I was booked to be the quote unquote main guest. But uh, it was one of the Star Theater gigs, oh, and right. they kind of have a hard out at the Star Theater. It's like midnight. It's like right. a solid hard midnight. They got to be out of there. So at about eleven fifty six, I think uh, Chuck brought me on stage and literally introduced me, um, made me pick out different butts. He yeah. showed me photos of butts, <laughs> and I had to identify the butts. And within like two and a half minutes, it was like, "Well, thanks for your time, and you have a nice day." And so that's not nearly enough butt time. It really, it really it's isn't. Not. I mean, yeah. for for how much I love butts, you need it, like a solid ten minutes. I of butts. really would would have done ten minutes right. of butt time, and then maybe a five minute interview about <laughs> my podcast on Edited Portland, unediteportland.com. But alas, it was fun, and uh, it I, I've had the same experience. Like I'm just a fan, really, and I, I get off work at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. a block and a half away. So it's it's kind of a, a hard excuse for me to not be there. Right, right. I literally, I usually actually go up to get a slice. Like a couple times, I've I've gone to not go. Like I just <laughs> want a slice of pizza. I'm gonna ride over the max, and then that's it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be gone. But uh, I end up sticking around or, or bumping into somebody or seeing something or hearing something funny. Yeah. And it's like okay, I'm I'm hooked. So. Yeah. Well, I've gotten to meet a lot of um, really fun customers through there too. My customer base is expanding, and yeah. like when we were in there last night. Uh, this guy who had ordered a custom piece from me came in and he was like, hey, I'm going to pick up that piece, you know, next week. And I showed him the picture of it. And that kid was so excited. He like almost cried when he wow. was looking at the, the octopus that I made because he's like, that's exactly what I wanted. Rad. <laughs> you know, I, I tend to cry when I see octopi myself. Right. They're, they're sens- they make you feel sensitive. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I grew up in uh, outside of Port Townsend, Washington. And uh, there's a marine science center there. Right. And we used to put uh, a crab in a cage and throw it off the dock. And within an hour, we would have an octopus. And that was mostly because you hated crabs. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. That's uh, PETA. PETA has already jumped ship on this show. Right. <laughs> um, I think I, I made a reference to Duck Hunt. <laughs> and then I, I referenced that my flat screen TV does not work with Duck Hunt. I don't know what it is, the reflection or whatnot. And I was like, fucking PETA. Can't even shoot electronic ducks. So I assume they, they no longer uh, subscribe to this podcast, mm. but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I don't not like crabs. I just, uh, I, for the for the research aspect, I think there's more to learn from uh, the majestic octopi than yeah. perhaps the crustacean. <laughs> That's why I started making the octopus necklaces was because I got to meet an octopus and it was like one of the single coolest experiences of my life. They're, they're an intriguing animal. They really are. They're like to, water puppies. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we would catch it and then we would throw it in the tanks that they had and then it would stay for like probably like four or five days and they would invite um, the local elementary schools and stuff to come and like you're, it was, it's a no touch right. aquarium so that, you know, they make sure they, to teach the kids that, you know, because uh, we had a lot of like tide pools and stuff and like that. Kids are germ boats. Oh, totally. Yeah. And well, and you'll they're you know I don't know if you've ever seen a kid pull a cat's tail or a dog's tail. It's like you know they're just gonna start poking at stuff and mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not good. But uh, well, that's cool. So I noticed you're wearing an octopi now. Is that kind of your animal of specific choice, or do you do other? Well, I, I started making them because my friend worked at the aquarium and uh, she got me back like so I could see all the different animals and stuff behind the scenes. And one of the cool things that we got to do was play with the octopus, and I got to, like, pet it and tickle it, and we played, like, octopus mustache, where we put the tentacle on her face and it just stuck. And this thing was huge. And so after that, um, I started making the necklaces because I just thought, can I recreate the cool shape of this octopus? And then it turned out, like, 
I guess that's a big thing. And so right. everyone was like, oh, I love octopus. And that's it tight. just kind of, it's my best seller, but I also make other things. Um, the peacocks that I've making been doing really well. Yeah, like I make uh, other squids. things like squids <laughs> right. and, and cuttlefish. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all gastropods. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Um, all right. So I guess we gathered, we gathered most of the uh, background story there. Uh, I spent time in Salem, Indiana, and then back here to Oregon. So... Uh, the name of the show is Unedited Portland, so I like to uh, to kind of bring the city as a character into the show as right. best I can. So, um, being that you're, I don't know, you've been here for what a couple years now. You're yeah, yeah. You live in an actual city, city proper. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what has been uh, your experience here in Portland uh, outside of like the Dantes and the and the jewelry end that um, excites you, or what what do you think brings the character to the city that people enjoy? I love seeing all the performers. There's so many awesome young people here that are just incredible performers. Um, I really enjoy the like Devil's Point, the the strippers, the pool acrobat artists, whatever you would like to call them. Right. Uh, all the different circus sideshow elements that are in the city. Yeah, I think March that 4th the and yeah March fourth exactly. All the the super cool, um, just weird weirdos that are here, but they're not just like weirdos hanging out they're weirdos doing stuff well and I, and I also think the same thing like you mentioned strippers or dancers as i think some like to be called i think my friend she's a stripper and she's like fuck it i'm a stripper and i was like i thought i thought that was funny it's because portland girls own it they don't yeah. give a shit well and that's the thing i think like it, it breaks the uh the stereotypical mold like it you'll absolutely go, does you'll, yeah you'll go play pinball with a stripper you'll go you know grab some food at dante's with a stripper right you know they're 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 part of the culture here it's not like the the seedy you know, the like, oh, drug dealers, strippers. Yeah, these are. I, I make the comparison that these aren't girls that were forced to like be naked because it's all they had to offer. These right. were mostly these are girls that are like, fuck it, I want to be naked because that's what I want to do. Yeah, because like, I mean, either I could bust tables for eight dollars an hour, mm-hmm. or I could take off clothes and dance for who knows how many dollars an mm-hmm. hour. You know, so I get it. Like, I'm, I'm definitely. Uh, more open to that that element of society than I think some are. Um, yeah, yeah. I think there's probably people in the city of Portland that don't like the association that we have, you know, to the strip clubs and everything. Yeah. And I mean, I get that to each their own. But uh, in all honesty, at this point in time, it's like, is that really what we got to argue about? Right. You know, like pull the joint out of the kid's mouth, really? <laughs> like, you know, pull the boob out of your face. Like, come on, like let's smoke weed, let's watch tits and drink beer. You know, and, and if you don't want to, that's cool. But don't stop me from doing it. And don't forget to play pinball. We also have to, oh, dude, we also have to play exactly. pinball. Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> pinball is a big part of my life. Uh, top favorites are uh, World Cup Soccer, uh, Fish Tales, and Medieval Madness. That is, in order, my favorite three pinball machines. Uh, what, what pinball machines do you like? I grew up with a Medieval Madness in my home and so medieval madness is one of my all-time tops um also no good gophers which i haven't seen in years is wow I've never, I've never a great game one. it's super cool it has like a, a hole in one like ramp that drops down and you shoot it up and you get in the hole and it's, it explodes um it sounds sexual i know right it's maybe that's why i like it i don't know uh also the elvira game's fun it's a fun one i was surprised by that one i played that for the first it's called scared stiff which yeah, I yeah. think is based on a movie she might have done in the 80s. And I was like, really? Fucking Elvira on? Mm-hmm. Really? And it ended up being really cool. It's a really fun game. Yeah, like I got all about hitting that crate yep. and like breaking into the crate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she says the funniest shit. 
like that that was part of it that I liked was the uh, there's like a uh, narration to it you right. know <laughs> and she's always saying these ironically weird funny things and I was like okay okay I can dig <laughs> it I can dig it um have you got any high scores in the city? Are you are you at that level yet? I am not at that level yet. Um, I've been doing really good at Arabian Nights, which is like my oh, okay. my oh. game that I feel like I, it's my challenge. Right. So but, I still uh, haven't played that because it's always being played at Ground it's Control. It's a really really difficult I end up game playing to play. Like the half broken Indiana Jones. Right? Yeah. Sort of it. Yeah. A multi ball again? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're always playing that in the. Uh, and then there's the magic one, the theater magic one that I was playing. I yeah, suppose. I had that one in my house, too, when I was growing up. That was a pretty cool one. Wait, you had pinball in your house? Yeah, my uh, my mother's third husband was a, a coin-operated, um, you know, one of the people that goes around town and, and owns Six the machines. Th- wow. And so we always had a bunch of the machines in our house. So we had, like, a skee-ball machine and the medieval madness. Is that your all-time first. favorite of your mom's husband's? Yes. Outside of maybe your father. <laughs> no, no, uh, <laughs> including my father. Yeah, yeah. he is pretty cool. <laughs> he is pretty cool. Right on. I mean, no offense to the biological base. You know, yeah. I appreciate that <laughs> you created me, but come on, this dude's cool. This like, guy's got like an arcade in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, okay, well, that's that's cool. So pinball is a big deal. I can't believe you have a pinball tat. Like, that's dedication. That's just because, that's just to hold me over until I get my, my big play field. Because I, I want the big play field that I want to design on my thigh, but I couldn't wait to do it. So I was right. like, okay, I'll just get the little one for now because I... Affordable. <laughs> right. Affordable tattooing. Okay. I'm uh, surprisingly a non-tattoo Portlander. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it, A, comes out of the fact that I have, like, the crazy, like, freckle mole style going. So, like, <laughs> people always say I look like I have constellations on my body when I'm rarely shirtless, which is, like, you know, 90-degree weather and I'm near some form of water body. Right. Because, you know, I'm not proud of this. But, um, I yeah, I don't have any tattoos. And, it, and everyone always used to say they got tattoos to be different. And I think at some point I made this, like, choice to where I was like, well, if I'm going to be different, I'll just not get a tattoo. And it's, like, it's dumb. Like, I'm just being dumb. But, uh... You know, I like tattoos, and I like when people have explanations. I also like bad tattoos. Oh, I like, love bad tattoos. I love when somebody has a tattoo that they're really not proud of, but they're like, fuck it, it's on my arm forever. I love face tattoos. <laughs> Those people make great life decisions. Yeah, right? I just get so excited when I see You're like, it. Donald Duck? Really? <laughs> Donald Duck? And he's like, uh, yeah, dude, like, I was drunk. No, but for me, I just like, I really enjoy making people smile. That's one of my all-time favorite things is just to promote positivity. And, and so I have all these, like, positive, happy girl tattoos so that when... I feel like it's, um, even though I have tattoos, I'm approachable. Uh-huh. And people say that they're like, happy, sweet, cute girl tattoos. Right. And it it starts up conversations. And like the one that says inspire, I get to. I like the idea of funny and bringing a smile. I should put like a Mitch Hedberg quote as a tattoo, <laughs> you know, like ducks eat for free at Subway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or fuck me, I'm drunk. <laughs> that one would that one would spark up conversation. You're right. Good. Yeah. And then when you're sober, people are like, really? You're like, yeah, 10 years sober. Yes. <laughs> this is a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but still, fuck me. So, um, well, that's cool. So, tattoos, trippers, uh, pinball. Yeah, I'm pretty sure no one's gonna pull your card. No, I'm pretty wholesome. I'm uh, pretty wholesome. Are you Are you going to run for mayor at some point? I might. I might. You might. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's, I, I like that. I uh, people keep trying to push me to run for mayor, and uh, it's mostly because I talk a lot. And uh, they think, oh, you're intelligent. And it's really, I'm just filling in time. Like, I'm not, I'm not that smart. And, and the political thing was mostly because I didn't make it into business school. So, like, it, everyone thinks of it as this, like, grand aspiration plan. But really, it was just, like, I had the money to pay for college. So, fuck it, let's go. And I'm like, oh, you can't get into this school. So I'm like, okay, I'll do this. But um, 
I also don't think the mayor makes the decisions, you know? I think as citizens, we have an option to make decisions. I think maybe city council members have a better chance of making decisions. Although I think technically the mayor is like a glorified city council member. Like I think they yeah. break the ties and whatnot. But um, I, I, I honestly, now that I'm looking at the political spectrum, I'm trying to be a lobbyist. Okay. And because um, you have a full-time job, mm-hmm. you're not elected, you never have to run a campaign, no one needs to know who the fuck you are. Right. And you can get tons of shit done, you know. And yeah, I could go work for the oil lobby and just like, you know, kill animals with oil spills. Or, you know, I could work for the tattoo lobby. Like, let's make tattooing more prominent. Or, you know, the stripper <laughs> lobby. You know, let's make stripping in parks legal. You know, like, you can literally lobby for anything. And, and yeah. I think people hear the word lobbyist and they think of like, the thank you for not smoking or right, thank right. You for whatever smoking movie or like, um, like Carl Rove type shit and it's, right. it's not you know it's, it's more in my mind about change like I would probably work for like a solar lobby yeah, you know, yeah. make solar not necessarily like to promote solar so the people that own solar make money but can we make solar more accessible you yeah, know? yeah like could I put solar on my bike if I wanted and then charge batteries for my phone or there's I, a person in Salem that does a little uh, bike like a bike taxi thing and it's all solar powered that's tough. yeah <laughs> see, this is the problem but with my ideas. I'm like always about. I'm like, you know what we should do? Make a touchscreen phone with the internet on it. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, that's the iPhone. Yeah, and I, I think that like politics are really interesting, but the closest that I'll probably get to that ever is being involved in like a sex scandal or right. something. That's exactly. my my aspiration. I know. I'm waiting to release my sex tape. <laughs> I mean, it's me and a teddy bear. It's really awkward. Right, like, right. Especially because the teddy bear is like, please no. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I literally, it's a video of me raping a teddy bear. <laughs> You're right. You've seen the video. I have. I oh, have. Man. It's funny, though. Gotta admit, I am a funny sexual beast. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I feel like we kind of covered the, uh, the city aspect of this all. So um, outside of rambling, I guess we could move on to uh, one of my favorite parts about this, uh, which is questions. Ooh, questions. Um, by the way, this uh, podcast has been sponsored today by Nikasi, Total Nomination IPA. Total Ooh. Nomination get drunk <laughs> all right so I, I always have the podcast sponsored by whatever beverage i'm drinking it's also brought to you by bull run water bull run water <laughs> straight from not the rockies but the cascades enjoy okay um questions with mikhail is a funny little game you've only been in portland a couple years mm-hmm. this is not an oregon game this is a portland game oh, so geez. i'm gonna focus this on portland and i thought about some things i knew that you played pinball and You've already touched on one of them, so I'll give you the first question, because um, I, I only prepared a couple, so I kind of go off the top of my head as best I can. But okay. one of the questions I was going to ask was, you work at Dante's, and Dante's is ran by a gentleman named Frank. Mm-hmm. Frank owns several other properties in Portland, and I was wondering if you could name for me two properties other than Dante's that are ran by Frank. Owns Lucky Devil Lounge, which has amazing food. Everybody should go try the macaroni and cheese. And, uh, and strippers. And, and strippers. Do try the strippers. By the way, there are tits there. there. <laughs> Delicious food. Decent drink specials. Oh, and by the way, there's boobs. And they have a jungle gym, like a where the girls will do like the um, like hang upside down by their knees and stuff. And it's crazy style. Like three poles on the stage. Wow. Super nuts. It's a lot of poles. And uh, then there's Devil's Point, which has stripperoki on Sundays, which is my favorite thing I, on the I, planet. I do love the awkward stripping while mm-hmm. singing. That's, it's wonderful. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> it is pretty sweet. It's classic. Yeah. Okay, that's that's good. That's two. Uh, some others that I knew are Star Theater, mm-hmm. uh, Dante's, of course, and uh, 
I forget. I think he probably has got another one in there. Somewhere. I want to say the Boom Boom Room and Sassy's maybe. Maybe. I think they're associated. Okay. I don't know if it's his or not. Yeah, that could be because uh, DJ Dick Hennessy always comes on the Chuck and Buck show. Mm. That would make some sense if it yeah. was Frank Associate. Okay, well, you got the first question right. <clears throat> so the way this game works, by the way, now that we're mid-game, I can explain. Uh, <laughs> every time you get a question right, I'll ask you another question and a total of three questions and then followed by what is called the arbitrary question. Um, just before the arbitrary question, I'll give you a chance to plug anything, which we've already said is always unique creations available on Etsy. Google it. You might find out about her sex scandal, too. Um, <laughs> Okay, so Portland is home to several events and festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, there were, in April actually, there was a comedy festival that came to town. I was wondering if you know the name of our April comedy festival. I don't know. I was going to try to think of something clever, and I, I couldn't do it. So I'll give you the only hint. It utilizes one of Portland's many nicknames. Was it the Rose City Comedy Festival? So close, yet honestly very, very far away. (laughs) No, it is actually called the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Brought to you by Matt Broniger, Andy Daly, and I forget the other guy. But uh, it sounds hilarious. It 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 sounds hilarious. It's it's really a fun. It's a fun time. I. actually got a hug from Pete Holmes. Oh. He's a really tall comic from L.A. Uh, he's got a joke about magic where he just yells the word magic. Magic! It's, it's fucking hilarious. But, um, he, so you uh, got to hug his belly button? Is he that Well, tall? he's really tall. Yeah, he's like 6'5". Or, I don't know, that might be giving him a few inches. But uh, he he was standing behind me, and I mentioned to Sean Jordan, who's a Portland comic, mm-hmm. and I go, thanks again for doing the show because I was drunk. I was mm-hmm. leaving the Boston Over Lounge. I've never seen you drunk. That's weird. I know, right? Yeah. Wow, I'm not a I'm really not. Like, <laughs> alcoholism is not becoming on me, you know? Um, that's why I'm going to get the tattoo of drunk fucking. Um, because I'm not really, really sober, so if someone's going to fuck me, I'm as well fucking drunk. <laughs> anyway, so, okay, enough of that. Uh, so Pete Holmes was standing behind me. I'm talking to Sean Jordan, and I think I've already told this on the podcast. I think I just really like the idea that Pete Holmes hugged me. But uh, I go... I really appreciate you bringing all the big comics like Pete Holmes and Doug Benson. And I turned around and Pete Holmes is standing behind me and he goes, thanks. And because I'm the clever little shit that I am, I said, oh, you misheard me. I said, you're a big comic in stature, (laughs) not because you're funny. And he just looked at me like he was like mad. And then he smiled and he goes, laser accuracy, which is his catchphrase. Mm-hmm. So I got both the catchphrase and a hug. Oh. Listening on his podcast, apparently he's a hugger. <laughs> so I feel appreciative that I got that hug. So I talk about it too much, probably. I need to <clears throat> not talk about that. So, okay. This is the plugs portion. Outside of your always unique creations on Etsy, is there anything anyone should know on how to get a hold of you, your art, yeah. your sex tape? <laughs> Well, the sex tape that'll be downloadable soon. I'm sure. I just gotta. I just have to uh, finish photoshopping some things right. on that. But uh, you can go to Facebook, and it's uh, facebook.com with the backslash always unique eighty six, and uh, that's where mostly the catalog is at. So you can kind of go through the albums and see what past jewelry I've made, what stuff I have for sale, and then I accept PayPal. And uh, the always unique is my online shop where you can go and just pick something that you want and add it to the cart. That's cool. Yeah. All right. 
All right. Well, and I do appreciate your time today, Cassie. Thank you for, and I'm sorry for any of the technical difficulties. And if Static is here, I apologize to the listeners. And I do want to thank the Sunday Lounge for hosting us and our polite uh, people that came and joined us up here on the balcony and were, you know, relatively quiet and, and did not um, come and drunkenly be like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I appreciate them as well. Um, okay, so here's the fun part. This is the arbitrary question, and i got to get my musical interlude ready to go. So, question is, what, being that a lot of people are afraid of the Willamette River, mm-hmm. um, they talk about the you know, poisons and destruction and whatnot, but it's a beautiful river. It mm-hmm. actually provides 50% of Oregon's water supply. If you lived in Salem, you drank from the Willamette River. Um, so I would like to say here in Portland, what is the greatest activity to be done on the Willamette River? Greatest mm. activity on the Willamette River. <laughs> on the West Coast. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> oh, I don't even, I'm such an inside person. <laughs> okay, so just imagine if you were on the Willamette. What what would be your favorite activity? Uh, probably just drinking with people. On, you're on wrong, Cassie. I know I'm always Cassie wrong. Cassie, no, you're wrong always because wrong. this question is designed for people to get it wrong. Technically, I do pick an answer. <laughs> I just I, arbitrary. It's an arbitrary question. You have too much time on your hands. Really, really <laughs> you, you you just told me that you pick answers to arbitrary questions. I do. I pick an answer. <laughs> I well, I I want the magic of somebody eventually getting it right. Right. And me just being shocked and like dropping the mic and walking out like Snoop Dogg. Yes. But uh, I'd like to do a lot of things like Snoop Dogg, actually. <laughs> okay. Well, the end of the story is the greatest activity to be had on the Willamette River is dragon boat racing. Oh, Dragon that was such the obvious choice, too. I can't believe I got that wrong. <laughs> Cassie Oliveira, thank you, and you have a great day.